0: um what i'm what i'm curious to listen in is we we can't predict the future but us sensing into the future which i love since i'm a small child and not from the head literally more from the heart or or maybe including head and heart And I don't mean this only on like plant medicine, psychedelic journeys, literally just as how I imagine us as a planetary species in peace, harmony and abundance with our mother organism in the future. I have the feeling this can come a lot quicker than many of us think. Because in my understanding, the technological layer that we already have now, so not thinking about like more advanced technology and fancy AI, but just the technological layer that we have now with the internet we have, the photovoltaic we have, and all the knowledge and wisdom we have can create, in my understanding, abundance for all earthlings, meaning descendants of the apes humans, restore and heal the many wounds we inflicted on our mother organism. And in my heart, it took me a long while to discover that place. I truly feel, I know there's a contradiction now with Ukraine, but I don't mind, I truly feel eternal peace on a global level, on a planetary level is the only way Uh, to move forward so this might now get a little bit like overly esoteric for some of the listeners but i'm really curious Mm -hmm. to sense into this like big dream this big vision that i think most of us if we're not deeply traumatized and we did not grow up in war or we're so traumatized right i really think in our heart we all share that same dream of peace unity abundance health joy reciprocity fun celebration right mm-hmm. that's 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 the truth <laughs> the other the other thing is, is 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 an agenda set from people that want to control us right mm-hmm. at least how i see it or sense it
1: well i'll, I'll you know dance into that myself over here a little bit and and share some of my views on that so first i love this idea of sensing the future because we cannot predict it. However, we can create it based on what we're choosing. And when we choose to listen, follow, adhere, and obey uh, the colonial powers of terrorism, then we will not create a peaceful future. What I mean with that is that this period, you know, the 2020s, is extremely important because. I don't know all the details, but the clubs that currently run governments and industries, and it's so simple, just follow the money. You don't need to be a conspiracy theorist, you don't need to get lost in all kinds of uh, rabbit holes, but just follow the money. The way our planet is run is very destructive and benefits a few. And Ellis and I already talked about that, right? So as long as we're choosing to obey or adhere or follow that club, what you're sensing into there in the more esoteric realms of peace and and togetherness, it's gonna become very, very difficult, right? So to a degree, we have to become able to stand in a sovereign no and a no thank you to then pivot and create the future that we actually desire that as you say, um, I agree with you Alistair is in our hearts, is in our shared dream, is in the dream of all the indigenous people that have come before us. And the way there, you know, we will have to reconcile a lot of our wrongdoing as cultures, as individuals, as countries, as humans towards the living organisms of the planet. What I'm sensing and sensing all the way into the future of you know, generations past us, I'm sensing a switch into that sovereignty towards life again. Because what is running the planet and what is creating war, you know, and there are, there are wars, but there are businesses on this planet. That's what we, we can't overlook. These wars are businesses. And so these businesses, they are run on death as a driving force to make people afraid and to, to separate us, right? And so what I'm sensing as a united future can only be a future that's based on life. That's what brings me back to the beginning of this interview, right? And all of these people that I interviewed, that what connects them is a reverence for life, a, a reverence and a desire for life to prosper more. And you know, not to get too esoteric, but to get a bit, you know, like metaphorical here. When the sun rises every day, you know, or the earth eclipses around the sun, and, you know, we, we get the phenomena of the sunrise. No country, no president, no billionaire does anything for this. This is one of the forces of life. It's a cosmic phenomena. We're in spin and rotation. And so that's what I mean with in favor for life. In favor for, you know, you, if, you, if you're a big science fan, you could even say following science, but then we have to, you know, asterisk, a non-biased, non-corporate science. Because <laughs> in this world right now, there's a lot of scientificism with, with you know, purchased science and then um, broadcast around the media. So, So we have to leave this current paradigm by saying no to it. That's step one to sense the future. And then from there, literally anything is possible. Everything is already here, as you said. So technologically, we've had, you know, literally electric cars 100 years ago, they, they did get suppressed. And this is also something that's not secret knowledge anymore. You can just dig a little bit, right? So the technology is here. It's a question of us deploying it and trusting ourselves to not need to be governed by someone else. And, and so once that begins, I believe, and I see it beginning actually at this time on the planet. Now everything becomes possible and the generations after us can hopefully be born into true freedom and true togetherness and true unity rather than into the indoctrination of the programs of the past and the fears of of death and the fears of those programs of the past. And so I'm sensing a world where, you know, one of, I I believe our generations, I was born in 1987, our generation's biggest legacies will be how we bring new uh, children, new earthlings into this world. Are we able to bring kids into this world without wearing masks, without watching CNN or BBC, without following the programs of industrial revolution and and the schooling system of that? You know, you grew up in a family where that was already foreign, Alistair. So you kind of feel that, right? But I sense that that's what what will have to happen for the entire world. And that's why I started this conversation with, it can only happen locally, because people locally have to choose to build a school like that. Now on a global stream, again, I I sense a future where we are in in very vivid exchange about what we're experiencing, but not so much to control and govern each other, but to to simply aid in the exploration of that freedom. Um, A few thoughts here. I'm happy for you to kind of pick and pull and let me know what you want to hear more of.
0: Yeah, after this like rather... (laughs) <laughs> Lofty excursion of mine, and you're riffing off it. I'm wondering from the micro to the meso to the macro, what are the building blocks that we need to play with on a micro level? Almost like a sandbox could be a a bigger chunk of property, could be an eco-village, could be a micro-region, to the meso level of how do we govern such a bioregion, what ways to newly inform money, but also emergent new ways of governing ourselves, and how can we templatize them as to create like learning loops in between all these different sandboxes. Because when I look at the world out there for the first time in like 50 to 60 years, you actually have a whole new generations of eco-villages and bioregions and even supported by national governments or local politicians. There's even, let's say, at least some funding flowing into this project. So I really have the feeling on top of the, this, like micro, very placed based, customized 100% to the ground, to the temperature, the microclimate, we need this like meso level of mutual learning and templatizing for this mycelium to really spread and not just be some some examples with good intentions but that ultimately can't inspire like the broader um yeah the 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 broader people the broader mainstream you're asking for micro mezzo and and macro examples Um, i would no not really so when you when you look at the interviews and also the project or projects that you're like concretely immersed in i think we will always have a micro level so let's take the example let's take the garden okay i take the garden where i grew up in franconia you have um it's very healthy soil but it has a very high degree of, um, I don't know what the English word, ah, clay. So this is a very specific type of soil. This is like the micro. The meso level though of the garden, right? So the way we build like compost and different ways of compost, the way like we plant the different, uh, you you know, um, trees and shrubs, and the vegetables is already the meso level because my father did not make that up solely for himself, but he read books and this can be done pretty much in any, let's say, European climate. On the macro level, I would say um, the German government supporting back in the 19th century, you know, special ways of people to organize that has been very beneficial towards this like horticultural movement in the late 19th century right has led to germans actually growing quite a lot of vegetables uh, vegetables in their backyard so this just as an odd example of the own family garden from the micro to the meso to the macro level and to hand that back to you i'm curious on on what levels of discernment within the various projects that you listened into are also involved in, you know, you, you can learn. I ultimately really think it's on that meso creating like learning loops in between all these different sandboxes and oases of projects is really important.
1: Yeah, well, there, you know, to, to just share my, my kind of observation of what you're sharing there, those are currents that are observable. There's a micro and so macro level in this example. And between them, there is an exchange, right? So, like, yes, of course, we, 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 we did globalize, globalize as a planet, right? So, we have this global exchange. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. So, paradoxically, it's a very bad thing if it continues to try to control everything, but it's a very good thing if it's just about people traveling and exchanging experience, right? Or exchanging experience in what we would currently maybe do across the internet in a way that allows us to learn. Non-local um, because of experience other people made, um, so I, I think there is there's tons of communication and learning between all of those levels, right? Uh, but I do think what's important from just this, the context of this inter- interview today is that you know people often call this top-down or bottom-up. I I just you know have absolutely fallen out of faith with a top-down uh, style of any form of growth, expansion, or governance. And really that's the, the hope of blockchain, right? The hope of Web3O or maybe what will come through different forms of DeFi is to decentralize our structures so that they can all learn with each other on a mezzo level, but they're micro, they're independent of each other because the macro is not a, a umbrella or a crown that governs it all, but it's, it's more like a distribution wheel that just makes sure everyone gets to learn from everywhere. And gets to exchange with everyone right and so when we bring this to the topic of finance for example we know it's possible we know there's a big desire in people to create it we know there's multiple currencies that are trying to propose versions of that you know i've interviewed some of them myself and and then we know there's a massive 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 attempt to um push that out of the market from the current federal reserves the current government uh, powers and the, the current financial powers and so that's what I meant earlier with, we, we have to start saying no at some point, right? Like you mentioned um, Ukraine and Russia as an example. People will listen to this later on. Let's see if I'm right or wrong about it. But you know, if you are Russian today, your banking card's already blocked. You are being pushed out of the financial system. This is gonna start to happen in many places because the current controlled government cannot control us in the old system anymore. So it needs to build a new digital system, right? And so this new digital system, when created by the people and decentralized, it would literally mean the micro, mezzo, and macro level are communicating, decentralized. There's lots of, you know, um, know, like a spiral dynamic behind all of human growth suddenly. And so the government's at play right now, you know, as, as long as you don't get lost in the polarity of what's right or wrong or left or right or this bad guy or that good guy are pushing for a digital currency that is you know um like a universal basic income that allows people to continue to be slaves in the nine to five system continue to be slaves in that kind of way of living and and so in that example there is no micro mezzo macro there's only macro to the micro if that makes sense to try to use your your
0: terminology there as well yeah, I think, I think we're, we're not too far from, from a couple of rabbit holes we are we're, we're sharing. I um, did my best to stay out of the rabbit no, holes
1: and just summarize
0: the, the, yeah, the message, yeah. right? Because the and rabbit I'm, holes
1: I'm, are dangerous, right? Like getting lost in the duality of the mind is, is a very interesting game. Like this is how the media have controlled people for decades now. I mean, you give people a theater with a good guy and a bad guy, Plus, you you know feed feed all of the population um, tons of movies about good guys and bad guys, and so this polarity game in our mind starts to be engaged, and it takes quite a bit of um, personal like self awareness and self knowledge to say no, actually that no, that makes no sense. Like, no, uh,
0: that's basically what I meant yeah. in my in my personal way to take in bits and bytes kilobytes megabytes and gigabytes of data information i very consciously um, distribute them along the bell curve from very conservative very mainstream very central very left-wing to awkward hollow theory uh flat earth uh you know um, that's because- where I would fall
1: off the, of the edges of the flat world. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, no, I also fall off. intended.
1: Yeah. I fall off the, the edge of that flat world, but like, here's, here, here's another thing, Alistair, that I haven't said in this interview yet, that if you've listened all the way till, till here, you know, dear listener, um, maybe this is going to be of value to you in my own life. I've decided that true information and false information share an equal danger they're just information so what i mean with that is fake news or false information they take up a a voltage of your processing power a voltage of your attention right of your desire to create something and then you find out oh that was false information so pretty obviously it feels like a waste of time but it's very similar sometimes with true information it can capture you a whole day and you don't do anything you love, you don't do anything you you believe in, because your your mind is so engaged in who is doing what, where, and who is in charge and who well, bring the power back to yourself. And that's what I mean with the, the solutions can only be local. And the people that inspire me, the people that I've interviewed, those are all people that, to the best of their ability, step out of the duality of the media trance and the governmental control and just say, wait a second. I'm going to do what's my thing to do to gift to the world in service to life. Now they still make mistakes, but then those people also say, let me clean up my mistakes and come into integrity and keep going. But you can't do this. If your mind is continuously captured and wrapped into the true or false, the right or wrong, the left or right. And, and for me, you know, maybe, you know, maybe my processing power um, is simply switched to, to a different Equation, I couldn't take in all the news from all the way traditional to all the way left to all the rabbit holes. It would drive me crazy. And so I've decided to simply switch it off.
0: Don't mistake me. I'm mainly a doing guy. Um, all I'm saying is there's a way to curate mm-hmm. media intake. Mm-hmm. And in this way, I really honestly try to make sure like almost like you could vote in Germany, right? So in Germany, I really, not too much, but I try to understand classical conservative people, left wing, ultra left, ultra right, and the middle of the bell curve, right? And I think what makes me, I think this is actually a good comparison. Look, for whatever reason, God, the universe, the universal life force gifted me with a very quick like processor. And the way that I serve my ecosystem, the organizations, the people has to do with taking in and filtering, revamping, repackaging information, delivering decks, getting funding in, building teams, building brands, positioning brands, negotiating multi stakeholder dialogues organizing very complex constellations of people so not only intuitively feeling the people and their perspective because usually people would take a perspective right um including myself so i think the information just just helps me to to like get a better perspective taking into the people so much on that on the other piece i think again we're pretty similar in that i don't know from which zen master it comes but he always said one gram or one ounce of practice weighs more than a ton of knowledge so if you dear listener are one of those who did a lot of inner work and who is like taking in a lot of information and not so much on the doing side of things on the like sharing your purpose whatever thats nonprofit non-profit for-profit founding something or if you want to be employed because you need that for the security find the job you know with the right fit that's all good but i'm definitely always up for the doing side actually pretty new testamentical right because you shall know them by their deeds i often tell this people i'm not so much interested in what people think or feel or their opinion on 9-11 or covid or pro-vax or not vax is i'm really more interested what are you doing with your time if you do something very simple and you're employed but you want to make a difference try to make a difference with that right Mm -hmm. instead Mm of you know just filtering and getting you know eaten up by all the information. yeah sorry I just wanted to comment on the two pieces no, I, lo-
1: I love it I love it. I think I want to you know bring like a full circle to this conversation with what you just said. So what do you do with your time? Again, we shared different stories in this episode and you know different points of view and very pragmatic, very real on the ground what I'm doing with my time and with my focus right now right I, I said in the beginning briefly I'm right in front of an event. This event is going to be a a two-week immersion with a small group of people from different countries at an agroforestry project, right? And so what I believe it comes back to the doing and everyone's everyone's going to do something different. It's important, right? We don't all have to do the same thing. Um, But for me, it is learning from the projects that are already really inspiring even if they make mistakes so in this case this this agroforestry project since a decade has committed to a a syntropic way of farming which if you don't know about syntropic farming or agroforestry please do look it up it's it's wildly wildly powerful you know learning with nature uh, rather than just producing food on a, a big scale um, and in this specific case, there are six families, they all have children, they live on this, this big property, and they've created a little retreat center. And we are renting this retreat center, giving back to that project, right? Giving back to different indigenous projects around that project, and simply there to learn with each other. Now, I'm going to be teaching certain modalities, like breathwork, different games, different immersions, right? Other people are going to be there to immerse and learn with, with us. But they're not just learning from me, they're mainly learning from the land and they're learning from the project that's on the land, because I'm learning from the land and the project that's on the land, right? So in my own world, I've started to create these circles and cycles. The podcast is one of them. My coaching practice is another one of them that allow me to be in a constant give and receive between learning, teaching, listening, speaking. So I'm pulled in and out of my gifts, and also my humility to understand, hey, I actually don't know anything about this. What do you mean? Circle dancing in a traditional Brazilian way? Let me be the quiet guy who's trying to make the right moves. Let me just play, right? And so that's what in my life has become the focus, is is to create these environments in which I can become both a, a person who picks up the microphone and maybe guides or teaches but equally the person who passes on that microphone to learn from someone else and to listen.
0: So it feels very round. So I don't have the feeling I, I, I would like to, to add more or ask more ever since we you know got connected. I have the feeling we, we both meet on the doing side. We both meet on this stubbornly or perseveringly pursuing our unique, powerful self version. And I think for closing words, I really don't have more to share than wanting to inspire the people, not only through the podcast, but ultimately become a living example. Because this is, this is like the ultimate learning loop. When you love what you do, you're good at it, it's what the world serves and it's what you're paid for. Like, so the very classical Ikigai, I like that model. I really think it's a very, very simple and intuitive one. Then suddenly really magic starts to happen. You encounter amazing people, you earn solid money. It really makes a difference in the world you're waking up, you know, almost with like, you know, a smile on your face and just looking on your schedule for the week ahead or the day ahead. And you're just like, okay, that's actually pretty fucking epic. And I want to inspire more people, I think, as much as you do, you know, to follow that path. Because certainly those most of those who can listen, right, have all the power all the possibilities to, to manifest that in your life. I think that's good for me as closing words. How would you like to close it? Yeah, that was, that was, that was beautiful.
1: Um, I would like to close it with repeating one more time that I believe human intelligence expresses in relationship, right? And so what that means is when you commit to your own path and your own journey, it doesn't matter if you're 15 or if you're 75 listening to this or anywhere in between, um the people we surround ourselves with are a direct gateway to the next step in learning in our journey so if you surround yourself with that family with that tribe or you hire a coach or you hire a a, well you buy yourself into a program these are steps in life to deliberately go into relationship and relationship for expansion and learning And I just want to invite people to do that. You know, I believe in that kind of work. That's why it's part of my work as well. It's because we learn in relationship when we're being witnessed by a brother or a sister, when we're being guided by a mother or a father or grandmother or grandfather. And so these relationships are pivotal to a new culture. And, you know, we don't marry every person we spend three months with. So there's lots of room for lots of different ways of of saying yes to development. It doesn't all have to be um, linear. Um, That's how I want to close, is to encourage people to step forward and and let themselves be seen and supported. Thanks, Julian.
0: Thanks. Thank you.